The city certainly is going to benefit because we are redeveloping an entire area of the city. And I think you can already ride through and see changes taking place over at the Oakland development. Welcome to Insider, the official podcast for the city of Murfreesboro. I'm Mike Browning. Our topic this afternoon, the Murfreesboro Housing Authority. Our guest is the CEO of the Murfreesboro Housing Authority, Thomas Rowe. And we should point out from the outset that the Murfreesboro Housing Authority is not an entity of the city of Murfreesboro, but a quasi-governmental agency that began in 1950, even though it has Murfreesboro in its name. Mr. Rowe, thanks a lot. Certainly. Thank you for having me today. Perhaps we should begin with just a a basic understanding or background for viewers of the mission of the Housing Authority. Okay. Our mission is to provide decent, safe, and sanitary housing for those that are of a low-income nature in our community. And the other thing that I think people need to understand is there's a difference between affordable housing that someone can go and purchase and that which you rent. That's correct. Uh, Our units are not for purchase. We are strictly rentals and it's all based on your income. Uh, Give us an idea of of income ranges. So based on income, how do you differentiate between someone who can qualify and someone who doesn't? Uh, At the current time, public housing is uh, anyone with 80% or below the area median income is allowed uh, access to housing. Under the new platforms that we're going to under the tax credit scenarios, you, we cannot put anyone in above 60% of the area median income. So those ranges or qualification limits, I guess, or levels is what we mean by affordable housing, at least from the federal standpoint. Correct. How many people in Murfreesboro, roughly, or maybe you can discuss the demand, like how much demand is there for that? Well, we have not taken applications now for a couple years. Our public housing waiting list exceeds 900 people. Our Section 8 Housing Choice Voucher Program, which is a program that uh, we provide rental assistance across Rutherford County. And we put about $6 million a year back into the economy in Rutherford County in assistance with, uh, with rentals. And that is also based on income. So it's safe to say the demand is high. The demand is very high. Our waiting list in um, Section 8 is it's close to 2,000. That's a long waiting list. How long will it take a lot of those people to get into housing? Uh, Four or five years. And it all depends on the turnover because there's no new money coming down the pipeline to increase your voucher stock. And we don't get funded enough to uh, meet our current allocation. So it's all dollar-based and not unit allocation-based now. Why did you begin doing a master plan for Parkside and Mercury Court? We want to renovate those areas and not knowing uh, where do we start or what do we do, much like we did for Oakland. How do we start? What can we put on the property? Uh, how do we rezone it? And so by doing the master plan, it gives us an opportunity to look at the area as a whole as, with no units on it, 15 acres of land, and how can we put the most units on it and get the most affordable housing onto the site. So when you say onto the site, is this a site that's undeveloped or developed? It's currently developed. So this is p- part of the history that already exists. These, these homes have been there for a while. That's correct. These homes were opened in 1960. Parkside was opened in 1954. And so uh, they're brick and block. And there's not a lot of renovations you can do 
you can make the outside look okay. You can make the do some things on the inside, but we're to a point that we can't do any more renovations. And to give people a better uh, opportunity for themselves, uh, better affordable housing, we felt the need to take the units down. Whereas with Oakland, we had 20 acres of land with uh, 76 units on it. When we complete phase one and two, we'll have 150 units on it. Mercury, we have 74 units on 15 acres. And when we finish that, the master plan right now looks like to be about 125 units. Parkside will still have 46 units. So you mentioned Oakland. Where are you in the process so far? We're in phase one of the development. Uh, we're currently, they're currently building now. So foundations are going in for many of the units and they've gone vertical now and building up. Why is public housing being redeveloped? I guess this is happening all over the country. It's happening all over the country. Through the years, the federal government has not allowed the adequate funds to keep the properties up. There are billions of dollars in backlog of, of capital needs and improvements that need to be done because we've not been funded adequately. And so therefore, housing authorities are not allowed to borrow money per se. So HUD came up with the Rental Assistance Demonstration Program, which is shortened for RAD, and we're able to reposition what we're doing in housing. They remove our declaration of trust off the property, create new entities, and we're able to go after low-income housing tax credits and get private uh, equity investors to come in to work with us. So is that part of the secured loans process or low-income housing tax credits, or is that what used to be the process? Uh, the low-income housing tax credit is not loans. It's strictly an equity investor that comes in, puts money into it. It allows them to take tax credits off of their taxes. That's the beauty That's the for incentive. Them. That's the incentive for them, yes. And as far as you understand it, there are developers out there or, or uh, financial people that are willing to do that? There are. We, have, uh, we work with Vaughn Development Group out of uh, Franklin, and they are our tax credit consultants, and they do our applications for us, and then they go out and look for syndicators to purchase our tax credits. So who stands to benefit from all this? I mean, is it uh, Murfreesboro citizens, the city of Murfreesboro, um, the current residents, new residents? How do you look at all that? I think it's all of the above. Uh, number one, you're, the city certainly is going to benefit because we are redeveloping an entire area of the city. And I think you can already ride through and see changes taking place over at the Oakland development as the units that lead into our Oakland development. Um, the residents certainly will benefit because they'll have brand new housing to live in. It will not be just cinder block walls. And, uh, and of course the housing authority benefits because we're able to uh, maintain the property better and able to provide better housing for the citizens. At Oakland's Court, the, some of the homes that you've completed, are there people back living in those homes now? No, not yet. We anticipate, based on the schedule, provided all goes as planned, we should be moving people back the middle to the end of August. So that's part of this plan then in terms of Oakland 1 and 2. Uh, that's the redevelopment there, and then it dovetails with Parkside and Mercury Court. That's correct. We've received a 9% tax credit in 2019 to do phase one. We received a 9% tax credit in 2020 allocation to do phase two at Oakland. And we've just applied for a third tax credit to do Parkside. 
And I think part of the process, as I understand it, is once you complete some of Oakland, you have to be able to move people from Mercury to Oakland or vice versa. Phase one, anybody that has left and moved away, they have a right to, to return. Uh, whenever we do phase two, that uh, 74 units in Mercury development, that assistance will be transferred over to Oakland phase two, and everybody that lives in Mercury now will be transferred into uh, Oakland development. And how long do you anticipate that process to be? Uh, as it stands right now, we have to have Oakland phase two completed by December of 22. We have next to have, year. Next year, we have to have phase one completed by the end of this year. Is that going to be a challenge or is it going well? Uh, it is a challenge depending on weather. Right, weather, just like any type right. of development or housing. Um, how, how vital is the need for affordable housing then going forward? We've already talked about this waiting list. Um, what can you do in the future? What could you do in order to alleviate this problem? I think with the growing population of Rutherford County, of Murfreesboro, I think you, the need for more affordable housing will continue. Uh, there's a lot of apartment complexes being built, but they're more on the high end side as opposed to a lot of your average working people that can afford to rent. Murfreesboro is probably no different than a, some of the larger cities as well. This issue of workforce housing, if you don't have enough housing for the workforce, people who are doing maybe some of the jobs uh, that affordable housing becomes an issue in a city that's growing. Is some of this housing workforce housing? It will be. I mean, uh, it'll all be based on rentals that people can afford. Uh, to give you an example that I use all the time is Hilton Head is, is a prime example that no one that works in the hotels and the restaurants, they can't afford to live there. So they're bussed in every day to go to work. Uh, much like I guess maybe you could say Nashville could be coming, that people have to be bussed into Nashville to work because they can't afford to live in the area. And typically what happens I guess in an area like this is that it pushes people more and more outside of the city limits. It does. And that's probably already occurring. Right. It is, and that's our goal is to keep people within the city limits that we can, they can afford to stay here. So uh, all of the affordable public housing in Murfreesboro will be brand new at some point, or at least what you have to develop will that's eventually be new. Yes, that's our goal. Yeah. Um, how, how much is this happening everywhere? Uh, in other cities, in let's say Tennessee, for example, or within our region, is this occurring everywhere? It is. Um, I know Nashville's done a lot of it. Don't know of other, there has been some over in the northeast corner of Tennessee that has done some, but it's basically more of structured here in the middle Tennessee, I think. Uh, it's happening, though, all across the United States. And as this process changes, you've talked about the financing part of it, how does eligibility change and responsibility on the part of the, the rental person? Um, the eligibility stays the same. I mean, it's still income-based. Um, and the platform that we're going to, which is RAD, project-based rental assistance, it will still be income-based, and you'll still pay 30% of your income towards rent and utilities. Whenever we go strictly to a low-income housing tax credit basis, then it's, it's set as a reasonable flat rent. And it's it, still income-based to get into the property, but your rent's not based on your income. Your rent will be based on a structure. 
As you're redeveloping this, it's giving you, as the housing authority, an opportunity to make some changes. Um, for example, green space or lighting, whatever. Kind of describe some of those things that you've been able to do that you weren't able to do before. Well, over at Oakland, we're able to put in parks, um, so a lot of green space, walking trails, and our goal there is to join it over to the Oakland's park. So it's all kind of wraps into one development. And whenever we started developing Oakland, our goal was to bring it into the Oakland's mansion uh, because we didn't want to go build something that was new or urban. Uh, we wanted to maintain what looks like within the city. So the architects went through the city of Murfreesboro and looked at the architecture in the neighborhoods. And so our homes that we're building back look like what the neighborhoods looked like years ago when they were new. So you've tried to maintain the architecture and the, That's the amenities. Now, um, Mercury, when we're in the master planning for that, it's a little more urban, a little more modern looking over there. It will not look like what the footprint we're doing at Oakland because it's a different setting. What have been the biggest challenges in this process so far? Uh, funding is one of the big challenges, of course. You have to uh, pull all your funding sources together to make sure the deal is going to work. And then just trying to get through the legal hoops to build. Are you still having to, with Oakland, you probably already got through the approval process, obviously, because you're, you're underway. Um, with the next phase with Mercury and some of those, do you still have to come before the city council or we the do. planning commission? Right. We're still in the master planning phases. And so our next phase now, we've just wrapped up our master planning and we're putting all that together now. And the next hurdle that we'll go through will be the rezoning process. Whereas um, we'll, we have combined Parkside and Mercury to rezone it all in one group. Whereas right now Parkside is uh, zoned RM16 and then Mercury is zoned RD and we'll be changing it all to PRD, a planned residential development. It gives us more latitude of things we can do on the property. It's one thing to come up with a design plan and start showing people maybe photos or, or you know, artistic renderings. But once you start actually doing the development and people see it, you get more reaction. What, what has been the public reaction to the development at Oakland's? Um, the streets are all blocked off now, so people can't see. I, I don't think they thought it was really going to happen because it's a slow process. Um, but I think once they begin, they're seeing now that units go up and they can begin to see things come to fruition as it becomes finished, I think they will be most impressed. We should also talk briefly about your background. So you're fairly new to this area. Uh, how long have you been here and what was your background before coming to Murfreesboro? I've been here eight years. Uh, I have been in housing since 1980. And um, I have uh, done several developments of public housing through the years, back in the day when you had money to build public housing. Uh, when I came here, I was, uh, had been where I was for 20 years and we were, I uh, started several nonprofits and we were still a housing authority. I was in the midst there of converting our housing there to the rental assistance demonstration program. The difference there was our housing did not look like public housing. It looked like a private enterprise. And so we were just done a straight conversion. We did not have to tear down and rebuild. But we also had 20 acres of land that we were building and uh, doing single family occupancy for home ownership. And with that program, uh, everything was really going good until 2009 when the bottom fell out of everything. And then that program was put on hold for a while until things started moving again. 
Well, we appreciate the work you're doing here, and uh, obviously there, it's going to improve the community. We can see the, some of the changes occurring, and uh, it's, it's certainly a need. I mean, we've talked about the housing uh, affordability need in this community is great, like it is elsewhere, and we appreciate you doing that. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm going to mention a couple of things so that the viewers out there and listeners have a, a better understanding of, of the process. And there's a Facebook page that you can go to. It's www.facebook.com slash Murfreesboro Housing Authority. We have it on the screen. And then also for Mercury Park's master plan in particular, it's www.mercuryparkmasterplan.com. So take a look at both of those. The Murfreesboro Housing Authority CEO is Thomas Rowe, and he's been joining us today as our guest for this edition of Insider. We've been highlighting affordable housing in the city of Murfreesboro and the Mercury Park Master Plan, originating our podcast from the city of Murfreesboro City Hall. Thanks for listening to The Insider via Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music Audible. You can also watch Insider on YouTube. Our producer is Michael Nevels. For more information on the fast-growing city of Murfreesboro, visit www.murfreesboro.tn.gov. Insider is the official podcast for the city of Murfreesboro. I'm Mike Browning. Thanks for joining us.